ऑडियो हॉप पॉडकास्ट दिस इज द विस्की एडवाइजर शो ऑन दिस शो वी सैंपल सम फाइन विस्कीज शेयर इंटरेस्टिंग टेल्स एंड ट्रिविया एंड आंसर योर मोस्ट इंपॉर्टेंट क्वेश्चन अबाउट विस्की And now here's your host the whiskey advisor Uday Balaji Hello everyone welcome back to the whiskey advisor show with me is the whiskey rook Piyush as always Piyush we're in our 14th episode how do you feel your whiskey knowledge is coming along <laughs> Hi Uday I'll be very honest you know I definitely feel that I've significantly upped my whiskey game uh it's it's hard to believe that you know just few weeks ago i knew next to nothing about the whiskey and now i can actually talk about it and know what to look for in different whiskies and you know the more you drink read and travel uh the more you're going to fall in love with the drink i can absolutely guarantee that you know talking about travel the distillery that we're going to be talking about today is the northern most that we have gone so far on our whiskey journey mm mm-hmm. It's Glen Morangie. Wow. And I can tell you from experience that it's a lovely region and a beautiful distillery to visit. Have you been there as well? Oh yes, I have. Um so I went uh, to for the Donick Whiskey Festival. Mm-hmm. So Donick is a little town just north of um, where Glen Morangie is. So Glen Morangie is, is built on the shores of the Donick Firth. Mm-hmm. So Firth is essentially like a waterway. Mhm. and um it's a very pretty place okay. so you just pass glen morangie get on the bridge and get to donnak and normally the whiskey festivals that i go to are like these big ones you know like thousands of people but this was nice so there's a little tent puts out put outside a castle and a small um you know small gathering not a whole lot of whiskey stalls but some really high quality stuff and really good to get to know quite a few uh, people out there interestingly enough there was um blind tasting at the carnegie cellars in donnak mm-hmm. and so i went down there just you know kind of randomly and ended up winning it wow and i won a bottle of benroma 10 it's absolutely beautiful whiskey but that's for another episode mm-hmm. but uh, how about we step back for a moment and get back to glen morangie but go back in history So when I say go back in history, I really mean go back in history because this goes back to 1703. Okay. So the earliest record of production was on this Morangi farm. Uh, obviously, it's probably not you know particularly legal activity, but in the 1730s there is a record of a brewery there, and the same water source is now used by the distillery also. Now another distillery that I went to on the same trip is Ball Blair, mm-hmm. and it's a really short. Uh, drive from Glenmorangie and uh, there was this gentleman by the name of William Matheson who was one of the co-owners of uh, Balblack but he really wanted you know his own distillery so in 1843 along with his brother John he purchased the Morangie farm and started converting it from a brewery to a distillery so in 1887 so the company is renamed Glenmorangie Distillery and they put in two second hand stills interestingly from a gin distillery in london mm-hmm. these stills are kind of like the centerpiece of the distillery and i'll talk about it normally when we talk about the distilleries you know we just quickly talk about the name and we pass on this is a little bit of controversy here 
So the distillery version is that Glen Morangi means the Glen of Tranquility. Mm-hmm. But in 2003, there was this hardcore Gaelic speaker who filed a complaint with the government saying that this is a wrong translation. It actually means Glen of the Big Meadows. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, it doesn't really matter because they make fantastic whiskey. So the main thing with Glen Morangi was we spoke about Glenfiddich and Glenlivet and how they're marketing powerhouses, right? And how they grew in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Glen Morangi. They really, really put in money to spread their profile across the world. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, whether it's duty-free or wherever you go, for many years we've been seeing these brands. Yeah. But in 2004, a couple of things happened. One, Glen Morangi acquired the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. For those of you who haven't heard about it, just look it up. It's a really cool society and they come out with some fantastic bottlings. Um, the other thing that happened in 2004 was uh, Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy bought uh, Glen Morangi. And they've just been constantly expanding over the years. In fact, when I went there in 2018, they were just starting to put in their new still house. So it's going to be like this, you know, big glass-covered uh, still house, kind of uh, contrasting with their old brick buildings. It'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah, you know, by what you said, the acquisition by a French company and that to a luxury brand, I'm sure, you know, that must have led to some interesting changes. It did. Um, so fair point. So after the ownership change, um, LVMH really, you know, slightly controversially changed the design of the uh, brand Mm -hmm. to make it more luxury, to uh, appeal to its profile of customers. Mm -hmm. So it's like the curvaceous bottle that came under the picture and uh, some fancy names. You know, initially even I thought that they were quite uh, French names. But they actually have Gaelic roots. And we'll see some of these when we get to the um, the range. But what I found quite interesting is how they used that, you know, that square on the bottle. Yeah. I'll show it to you right now. Yeah. You see the square? Yes. That's a Pictish design. Pictish? Like, yeah. What is that? So, uh, the original people of Scotland were the Picts. They were uh, tribal inhabitants, but they're mainly in the northeast, actually. Mm-hmm. So over time, the Scottish people have become kind of a mixture of the Picts, the Anglo-Saxons from the south, and the Gaels from Ireland. Okay. So uh, that's the modern Scotsman. So going back to the Picts, back in the 8th century, they carved this very intricate stone called the Hilton of Cadbolt which told the entire story of the Picts. Mm-hmm. So, Glenmorangie has taken this one part of that stone and made it a part of their logo. Okay. I like it, you know, it's kind of an homage to um, the people that they are descended from. Yeah, well, that's a very rich and long history Glenmorangie has. They do have a really long history. And in fact, in 2017, uh, they were the fifth largest selling single malt producer in the world. So you could say that they're still making history. You mentioned, I remember at the start of the episode that you had been to the distillery. So can you just flesh it out for our listeners? Yeah. um, So it's a really cool distillery experience. You know, it's a very old um, stone buildings and beautiful views over the Donnock Firth. Very, how do you say, quaint. 
Mm-hmm. So, and they take you through all the back stairs and mm-hmm. you get to see all the inner workings of the distillery. Like most other distilleries, it's just another pretty setting. But the main thing uh, that stands out to really anyone who goes to Glen Morangi is the still house. Okay. You remember we spoke about those gin stills? Yeah. So, really, really, really tall stills. Because in gin, you want a very light spirit. Yeah, yeah. And this is the kind of character that Glenn Morinji whiskey also has. It's a very refined, um, elegant, kind of light spirit. And that's something that we're going to be seeing. In fact, these are, I believe, the tallest stills in Scotland. Okay. Over five meters tall. And, you know, in marketing at times, they've used these as... Um, They've kind of used a giraffe as ah, an analogy. Okay. I'll put up pictures of this as well. Sure. Would love to see them. The best part is when you get to the end of the tour, you get to go to their visitor center and you get to taste such a range of Glenmorangies. It was just amazing because I went with a few guys and I think we ended up tasting almost 12 different expressions. It was stunning. Okay. Talking about tastings, what do you say we jump into ours today? We hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. But before we go ahead, here's a word from our partner. Enjoying this podcast? You can also catch this and 200 plus such podcasts on Karva 2.0 with BBC India, Film Companion, Open Mic Poetry, Sadhguru Isha Foundation, Indian classical renditions by the greatest maestros, stories, rhymes and GK for your kids. Oh, and did we mention the 5,000 preloaded songs and 100 plus unique playlists every day? To know more, go to www.saregama.com now. And we're back. Let's continue. So, Piyush, would you like to do the honors? Sure, Uday. Slanja. Slanja. All right, what color do you see? I see uh, deep gold. I'd actually say it's a lot lighter for me, you know. It's kind of like an old gold is what I'm seeing. Yes, so for me, it's somewhere between amber and deep gold. Okay. So the visual texture, what would you say? Just swirling it now. It's coming down quite quick. Mm, it's about light to medium onto the nose. Certainly fruity. Mm-hmm. Some fruit notes. I can smell some orangish fruit in this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some sweet vanilla. Mm-hmm. And that's about it today. Okay. It's definitely a light, you know, butterscotch and vanilla and kind of orange. Very juicy fruits. Very light, but quite vibrant. And on the palate? I don't know. I got hints of peach. Okay. Mm, yeah. Whiskey uh, would remain. Uh, hints of peach and uh, a slight hint of you know uh, oak. Mm, yeah. It's very juicy. Yeah. You know, and then, and I'm always quite surprised by this because I expect it to be very light on the palate, but it's got that very juicy, luscious yeah character to it. What are you getting on the finish, and how long is your finish? So I would say the finish is medium to small. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm getting a bit of spicy after finish. Mm. Juicy spice. Okay. Well, just to summarize, 
I'd say the nose is quite floral, definite vanilla, butterscotch. It's all coming from your bourbon cask. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that we'll be talking about in a little bit. And uh, definite citrus fruits. They're delicious. Now, the palate, I'd say it's got a little bit of a buttery kind of uh, texture, but very soft oranges. I'd like to say caramel custard. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it's a little spicy with, a, I'd say, like a yeah, short to medium finish. As far as flavor camps go, uh, this would fall in the kind of fruity and spicy uh, flavor camp. Yeah. Fruity and spicy kind of slowly edging, um, you know, towards that fragrant and floral, but delicious whiskey. So the whiskey range, um, here we need to definitely talk about uh, the finishing of whiskeys that Glenmore and G does. They're really, really renowned for taking that beautiful Glenmore and G 10 original style of whiskey mm-hmm. and finishing it in different types of casks, be okay. it wine or sherry or port. Or they just do everything. This practice, I believe, started in 1995 when they came out with three finishes, a port finish, a Madeira finish and a sherry finish. So we've talked about uh, sherry. So port comes from Portugal, port wine, we've all heard of it. Mm -hmm. Madeira also comes from Portugal and it's from the island of Madeira. Mm -hmm. Now, this heritage has been taken forward by Dr. Bill Lumsden, who's the master distiller and he's the master distiller also at Ardbeck. Okay. So very, very different whiskeys, you know. But I said a little short while ago during the tasting that we'll talk a little bit about the bourbon casks that are used at Glenmorangie. So from what I understand, they have purchased an entire forest Mm -hmm. in the Ozarks in Missouri so that they can ensure the quality of American oak that they're getting to mature their whiskeys. That's amazing. Absolutely, because that's the absolute foundation for uh, their whiskeys, right? Maturing it in those bourbon casks to begin with. What I'm told is these casks that are made from the American oak don't come directly to uh, Glenmorangie. They they are sent to Heaven Hill and uh, Jack Daniels Mm -hmm. to put their whiskey in. In a way, they loan to them. Ah, And once they mature the whiskey, they need to be sent to uh, Glenmorangie to mature their scotch whiskey. Okay. There is a trend now of some distilleries using virgin oak casks. The virgin cask is basically one that has not had anything else in it before. But in scotch, what happens is it tends to overpower the new make. Okay. You know, the range of whiskies is so large that we'd need another episode to talk about it. So you have the basic original that we looked at today, right up to the prestige range, where they have whiskies uh, like a 41-year-old from wow. 1974. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to effort that one day. <laughs> But, uh, so just to give you an idea of what whiskeys that you can try, uh, one is the Kinter Rubin, which is a port-finished whiskey. Just to give you an idea of what port influence uh, can do in a whiskey. And also look out for the private editions. So this is an annual affair where, again, Bill Lumsden is continuing to innovate. And the last one that came out was the Alta, where we talked about fermentation before, right? But that is your yeast that has been grown that's put in the washbacks. But what he did was he harvested a wild strain of yeast from the fields where the barley is grown and then 
fermented the whiskey with that okay so you know interesting experiments yeah. like that every year and you need to keep in mind that these whiskey it's not like you can do it now and bottle it next year this man has been a visionary has been doing all these experiments for the past 20 30 years it blows my mind to think about what other things are there in the warehouses at the distillery uh, but the most unique whiskey that i've seen in glen from glenmorangie is the signet so a portion of the malt that goes into uh, the whiskey is a roasted chocolate malt so this ends up giving a beautiful smoky uh, you know dark chocolate and chili it's it's absolutely gorgeous i mean i tell people there's a little bit of green chili in there and they normally look at me like what but you know that's the fun of it i get green chili in it yeah that's an interesting lineup and i guess listeners should definitely go and have a look at it yeah all right folks we're at the end of yet another episode of the whiskey advisor show tune in next week as rook and i stay on in the highlands and uh, visit a distillery just a short drive from glenmorangie in the meantime please send in your questions and comments via email instagram or facebook and we'll answer as many as we can all our handles are at the end of the show till next time drink well and drink responsibly cheers cheers if you want to learn more about whiskey and uday's work visit thewhiskeyadvisor.com you can send in your questions to us on uday@thewhiskeyadvisor.com or instagram or facebook at thewhiskeyadvisor that's whiskey without the e the show was brought to you by audio hop podcasts find us on facebook instagram linkedin and twitter at audio hop podcasts we'll be back next week until then keep your spirits up and drink responsibly